0: Welcome everyone to another episode of future of data newsletter podcast so today we have uh, newsletter week so we are back again discussing what's in this week's newsletter and if uh, tau has sent any interesting stuff for all of us to chew so we'll talk about it so welcome on board hey maria how are you Good how are you doing Vishal? Good good good. How was how was the week? Yeah, it was a pretty uh pretty good week. Nice.
1: Pretty good week, lots of activity and uh, every day it seems like there's something happening, you know, in the big data space, so some innovation coming out, you know, some um new discoveries and so forth. So it's really it's really great.
0: Nice. To see nice. all that stuff. No, I think it's it's always interesting time, I think um so <clears throat> lot of fun stuff happening even in boston too so how is the weather weather out there
1: well we're right, we're in the rain and it looks it looks <laughs> getting... gloomy
0: yeah last time it was it was pretty yeah pretty sunny pretty tempting i think this uh, yeah good you're inside yeah so, uh awesome so let's let's start um with our newsletter and <coughs> as i said this is week 21 so I think on all the odd weeks, uh, Tao send a newsletter to our community. So this is this is the newsletter week. So let's let's, and and uh, another disclaimer that uh, because it's a it's an online podcast, so for this particular uh, newsletter coverage, will only cover the web version of newsletter. Tao is uh, is sort of designed to send each community its own newsletter. So but and and all of these news- newsletters are different from each other. And this one, what we talk about is from on the web web version, so let let's let's talk about it. So Maria, how do you like mm-hmm. how do you like the the cover of the week?
1: Yeah, it was um, fed, fed into a lot. Of, I got to use it a lot for um, other conversations I was having because of the discussion of biases. Yes, and so this was like a little funny uh, a funny way to point that out.
0: <laughs> no, I think that's that's very true. And, and and to our audience, uh, so the, it's 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 a Dilbert cartoon in which sort of Dilbert uh, brings up this report, saying that it's a, there's a report from um, the lawyer, he, and, and 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 the and, and Dilbert's boss says it doesn't it doesn't look right, and who wrote this report? And this guy said they, this guy has done <laughs> law from Harvard and has 20 years of experience, and still you don't feel the the report is accurate. <coughs> <coughs> and uh, and to be very frank. Yes, yes to me and Maria, I, I think I totally agree with you. I am on the same page as you on that. I think it, it hits on the <laughs> bias on, on, and I think even, um, I, to a point, I think even the boss is correct. So many times, you know, your business, right? So although, yeah. um, having a neutral, uh, sort of perspective, it's good. But but definitely, many times your all sort of your own intuitive inherent bias um, uh, tend to influence the outcome, or sort of tend to sort of uh, help you understand what would the what would be the outcome. And and I think the very fact that uh, mathematical models with intuition, I think that those scores high, right? So it itself uh-huh. means that sometimes it's okay that the source is very credible, but not necessarily it applies to your business. So I think mm-hmm. uh, ironically it's although it's a cartoon and, and I get the the fun the, the humor out of this but it's actually very relevant whatever the boss concern is that if it's not looking right it's not looking right right so mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah and uh there have been so much that has been done through intuition and through processes that people have developed over their experience for many many years dealing with whatever industry or whatever things that they're they're doing with, and um, not to skip around, but the uh, podcast of the week where Abina's talking about the uh, machine industry, having that intuition to be able to have grown so far, and then allowing the technology to take it further. I just found that really interesting with um, the same kind of pointing that, you know, this is not something we can measure yet, and we're still trying to figure out how to measure that. That's but true. it is something that we can't totally di- just dismiss and be like, oh, it doesn't work because it has got us so far.
0: I agree. I agree. I think that, um, uh, well said. So let's talk about the Analytics Week Bites. And these are blogs from analyticsweek.com. So mm-hmm. do you have any, any perspective on, on, on those three?
1: Yeah, well, I like the first one. <laughs> the first one's the... Um, looking for building machine learning solutions from a bartender. And I thought that that was really cool. I've been a bartender before. <laughs> so, you, you know, um, I, I liked how you, and you wrote that, right, Michelle? So yeah. um, you really, like, put down the points of uh, focus to think through. And I really liked those uh, those points that you had. And at the end, you know, don't forget to have fun, you know. But it, it was very, like, detailed and and well, it's it's it's, it's funny. I
0: think so. Maybe I was drunk then. God knows. But but uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, so. The the perspective was so this guy. I think he's uh, so. I saw this 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 bartender at one of the bars there. He 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 nailed it. I think he was just hey, what do you want? I think you will need this. And then he was asking you questions. And then from then he's predicting what what sort of what kind of alcohol. Uh, would be best suited and then actually I I, I had a, a, a client conversation before that and the, <coughs> it was primarily around around sort of machine learning and sort of algorithm designing for that guy so I thought hey maybe this guy is how that uh, one of my clients should think that um, mm-hmm. it's basically it's not about like you just don't give your solution and say hey just just chew it but work with the problem work with sort of prob the problem and sort of build your solution in it or something or, or build your solution specifically for it, and the cool thing about about machine learning and AI is, it could be really made to polymorph or morph like what you exactly want, so uh, so oh, I can wow. I can give you really Maria's version of, the solution that that you want so why not, I think that's the that's the intent so yeah I think it's, it's 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 drunk guy blogging maybe that's, uh, <laughs> so. And so I there's I think,
1: possibilities. Uh, it shows the possibilities,
0: you know? Yes, 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 I, I agree. And I think the second one was uh, is blueprint for becoming data-driven. Uh, on Yeah. PowerPoint. So, Jelani Harper, again, shout out to Jelani. A, a prolific writer. Uh, Write some good stuff. Enjoy um, whatever whatever he writes every time. It's, it's beautiful. And then, <coughs> I think um, this one... Talks about at length on um, what someone needs to do to create a data-driven process. I think it's it's a must uh, check it out. This blog. I think if uh, if you have access to this, uh, just read it. Even if you know what you're doing, I think the way he he laid it out, I think that would be of any of some help. Maria, what do you say?
1: Yeah, because um, I think there are things that you know you they're outlined to be done, and then there's the way that you do them. And he really gets into like the way of doing it, how to do it and bringing in the citizenship and the engagement, yeah. um, with the community, you know, yeah. I love that stuff. So I really, uh, yeah, shout out. <laughs> yes, good good stuff. Work.
0: <laughs> and, um, how reliable is your CEM program? So Bob Hayes, uh, again, shout out to Bob Hayes. He is yeah, fabulous. Great. I think I love him. He used to be our, yeah. our chief research officer uh, for quite some time. And, um, he's just the terrific guy, the data science need. I think he's very methodical, very research oriented. And I think he is, he's a big guy uh, in customer experience and uh, uh, <clears throat> and I think CEM customer experience management program, it's it's relevant uh, for most of the businesses. And I think his job primarily is to figure out how relevant are those program. Uh, I think when, when he wrote that, so, a very good cheat sheet, a uh, very good sort of blog to sort of get started and figure out if your program is good enough. And customer experience is one of the big consumer of analytics. So I think that's why it's very in um, in zone. And uh, even even if you're not in customer experience, like employee experience, talk about, say mm-hmm. so there are a lot of areas when you can, uh, patient experience, <clears throat> in which you can skin this knowledge and sort of translate it over. To those areas so i think uh definitely a must check out uh, what do you say maria
1: yeah he's a great perspective for um what's important in the business decision and how to um apply those things so i like how he de- identifies them and then shows you how to apply them and uh-huh. gives you the steps for those so he's really great
0: interesting shout yes, out to bob. <laughs> yes shout out to bob so uh, a lot of <coughs> so let's talk about the featured course um, so statistical thinking and data analysis, so, um, sure. I think both of these words, uh, pretty much go hand in hand in, in most of the scenarios, I think not always, but, uh, <clears throat> but most of the time, and by the way, we are talking to one of the, um, chief data strategist, uh, I think for it's, for the first time, we'll be talking to a chief data strategist in, for our podcast, I think I, I'm looking forward to what he, persp- because we have heard about Chief Data Science, uh, Chief Data Scientist, Chief Data Officer, Chief Analytics Officer. I've not heard about Chief Data Strategist. So, which is actually, uh-huh. so, um, I think this is going to be a beautiful conversation, but but regardless, coming back to this course, it's from MIT. MIT has a lot of interesting uh, MOOCs, uh, and this is one of those beautiful programs that talk about uh, applied mathematics and applied sort of statistics, and basically linear, linear variances and what and whatnot very easily laid out for non-statistician to just go through this program and at least get a glance of how models think from their perspective, how sort of you design a good model. This would actually mm-hmm. help you understand how you can connect the statistical thinking and bring it to data science, which is anyways, it has to be statistically inspired. If if you So a beautiful program. What do you say, Maria? Yeah,
1: it doesn't matter um, what the silo or what the industry is that you're looking at the data science lens through. It's like this foundation of the statistics, even having just some of these courses that if you're not a statistical person, but still having some of these courses, I think builds a foundation that helps you make better decisions later. So you don't have to always like, um, well, I think the relying on the statistics is very helpful to learn that. And it's like um, something that can continuously you can build
0: up you know over time interesting yes absolutely so um let's again i must check out so let's go to the featured read um research design i um <clears throat> so qualitative quantitative and mixed method approach so kudos to Tao for picking it up i think i am like this is one of the areas that we don't talk very often like even in even in sort of my consulting sort of gigs how some so someone thinks okay so everyone gets the idea of I need to query survey my folk I need to understand what's going on and to sort of right but there is no structured thinking on how someone could pursue that and that's why many times you end up overdoing it or underdoing it you end up spending more time and effort and money uh, to get your research done and many times you learn the hard way. And I think this is one of the areas that unless you are stuck in it, you won't realize that uh, there is a way to do that. And I think that's why um, I think John Cresswell, again, a brilliant guy laid out pretty sort of structurally, how you can, um, how you can sort of design a research. And and no no uh, pardon my French no bullshits. it's just straight to the point step by step guide that you could do um, and then it's I think it's a beautiful course uh, whether you are even you, whether you are doing your even studies whether you are doing a PhD you're uh, creating a thesis and you need to sort of structure your, your sort of laying out your research beautiful book to follow if you're not already following this. And if you're an entrepreneur or a business like us, do read this book. I think we did. We we did design a survey um, or research using this some some of the methodologies used in the book. So very relevant. What do you say, Maria?
1: Yeah, um, I was thinking about how it was identify how Creswell identified each of the areas and then showed. Um, the combination of them as well, because when you are, like you said, a startup or you're doing a research project, anytime you're answering, trying to answer a question, basically, you know, you want to have a certain approach to answering the question that's efficient and that will uh, not be so uh, like reinventing the wheel. So some of these things on the how-to, um, he that he uses for like the behavioral science and the social sciences and his approach for having success in these areas, I think, can be done in any question that you have just like as far as wanting to know about a particular field or an area uh, when you're curious. Uh, these kind of things help. And it makes me think of uh, some of the day, my census days when I was back in collecting, you know, um, the census and doing the census and uh, how much more efficient we could be if we had considered some of the new models that we're coming out with now for data science um, in those early collection of data processes.
0: Well, it's, I, so, I think you, you are actually picking a very interesting point here. So um, I was consulting for a city, I, I, I couldn't name them, these guys, but um, it was funny. So they did a research on, um, and it, it, it's a research connected in, in partnership with, I think Booz Allen or, or maybe Bain Capital or like one of these guys. And um, they want to now do a respin of that study, and it was so hard, uh, sort of, to integrate the new questions into the existing survey, because the way it's designed, it was not very modular in sort of in um, in getting the insights out from the survey. So they have to pretty much let go of uh, the entire year worth of conversation just to make the study more modular so and <clears throat> they have paid like uh, a good good chunk of money in in executing that research so you are i think you are hitting a very in- interesting point with this with the sensex or with the with the, the survey that um, yeah it's 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 pretty cri- critical to sort of do it right and do it sort of in a way which is like you should know what you're doing otherwise you this 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 will cost you reputation this will cost you money this will cost you sort of a lot of things on an arm and a leg on a long run.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of like married with the statistical tutorial that we were just looking at because having those kind of, um, like I said, foundational things, you can think through the process of what you really want to achieve in the study because, you know, you get along the way in any kind of project, really, a study, a project, a, a product that you're making, and you you find out, you know things that you wish you knew before, <laughs> Right. which would have exactly.
0: helped. Right? Yes, yes, so. that's true. So, so um, yes. So let's let's talk about the next section, which is tips and tricks of the week. So, data aids, not replaces judgment. I think this is. Um, so I think I wrote this this a while back. Um, again, from I think one of the consulting consulting days. Um, so I was one of my client actually. He asked me. He asked me, Vishal. Can my data sort of? Can I have a decision based on the data alone? I don't want to be bugged because I have 17 other things that I have to do. <coughs> can excuse me. So can you sort of yeah, sure. design uh, uh, a system in which data itself sort of can help me? Just say thumbs up, thumbs down, and and, and I think and and at that point I was I was curious that <clears throat> this preposition is very tempting to let data do the decision for us, right? So you have this model, why not sort of, you can cluster some insights, you can do something. But I think, um, for, I would say for as far along as possible, if you can keep a judgment on your end and, and basically let, you could actually very well let the data decide, but at least keep it, um, uh, let you be the, be the person to sort of, um, do that. I think that that will be phenomenal because, uh, the judgment, so data is just to empower you. So you could decide better. I think those, if and again, what I'm saying is it have intuition, right? So intuition is the model still needs your intuition. So don't just discount the fact that because it's, I think, and we have heard that if you ask people what they want, they would want faster horses. Right? So on that analogy, um, that's the data science doing judgment, right? So data science is saying, Hey, I know this people's trend. So even, even in, in, in my book on, um, data driven innovation, a primer, we briefly, I briefly talked about, uh, the idea of top down and bottom, bottom up innovation. So if you're asking about bottom up innovation, it's primarily understanding customer behavior. So basically you can, you can have like incremental innovations. Hey, introduce this service because many customers said they would love this, right? But that's not really. Hey, try this flavor. Maybe maybe people will love. Like, it doesn't doesn't sort of guarantee a a radical change. The radical change comes from maybe bo- top from uh, top to bottom, and and to- or top down. In that scenarios, you actually Apple is a great, great example of of top down um, innovations. They just throw things out um, and and pretty much, it just somehow sticks or whatever, right? So that model need intuition. Uh, That is not very, so so from that perspective, I think this is a very uh, relevant tip for any business that uh, as long as your model are using data to empower you, beautiful, but don't just go full radical ballistic on, using data for decision-making, uh, on its own. What do you think, Maria? What's any, any insights on that?
1: Yeah, I do. I agree with the logic that you can develop an intuition from a lot of experience and, um, can think of that as a machine in your, your own body. And then, um, use that as a model of considering data. And, um, this logic of, you know, incorporating the intuition with the data at the same time just makes it more powerful because it has the you know it can have the best aspects of both. So, I agree yeah. that the intuition is is necessary to be taken into consideration.
0: Interesting. Yes, absolutely. So let's let's uh, let's talk about the the Q and A that that uh, Tao has picked. So, what is the law of large numbers? What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. So, I, for me, in my in uh, the short version, for me, I uh, see this as you know, the st- like a study that you would do uh, over and over again would have the same kind of results, and that's uh, whether it's a large amount of times that you've done the study or a small amount <clears throat> of times.
0: But with the law of numbers, it's
1: it, that's pretty much
0: what I'm getting from it, is that right? So so basically, um, uh, it's basically if you have very large sample sets, right? So if you if you take a lot of large sample set, pretty much like uh, your sample mean, sample variance, like everything will turn out to be the same because it's it's in the middle. Because I think many times the, the lower number will offset the, the larger numbers and pretty much, the more sort of you bring um, uh, sort of your uh, numbers into the equation, it just, everything just comes down to the middle. And I think that's what, that's what the, this, this particular, uh, law is suggesting. So although we, and I think it's, it's a very interesting point for statistician, right? So you talk about, um, uh, you talk about statistical significance, right? Now, this is one of the problems. So if you bring in a lot of, like, a lot of numbers, a lot of sample sets, a lot of sample numbers, then pretty much things will even out. So I think, and and, and that's why um, statistical significance doesn't mean that um, a minimum set and beyond, it's basically a band between the minimum and the maximum that actually will generate uh, a very close to the proximal result that you expect uh, to see. Because many times, even even, um, some of, like if you, so one of the example is, say if I should I take last two years data or last 17 years data, right? So the data that's 17 years old represent a totally totally different economy uh, for a business compared to a two year old. So from that perspective, although it it can give me a lot more data and a lot more predictability um, and a lot more sort of data to sort of be more predictable. But that 17 year will probably skew my current, my my today's ratings. So that's why it's, it's important that statistical significance is that band, which actually helped me predict the current scenario. So I think that's what, that's what it just, it just, it's, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great sort of, um, uh, sort of insight for a statistician to m- <clears throat> understand the law of large, large numbers. If you have a lot of numbers, <clears throat> you are see, looking at probably, um, your, your sample variance in, and mean, uh, on pretty much the, like staying the same. And I think one of the examples it's saying is rolling a dice. So if you say, if you roll like million times your dice, the answer probably would be 3.5. So, you know, it's pretty like, although it's, it may not be true for that on that particular day or something, but for a, for a, for a, if you have like, good, it's the average. <laughs> <coughs> I think uh, one thing I'm, I'm impressed by the way from Tao. So he, so Tao has picked statistics. Research,
1: Okay, data. I have one question though about back to the large numbers one.
0: What? The,
1: uh, I had a question about the Yes, yes, yes. So I was thinking about like crowdsourcing and you know how they did the weather crowdsourcing for NOAA and like in Japan, they're using people's cell phones and their individual, you know, what is happening with them and the weather and that spot to make the conglomeration of the new uh, of what the weathercast is from the large individual numbers of cell phones so do they relate to each other the crowdsourcing and the uh, you know collecting the data from the from the uh from the individuals and like this
0: law of numbers i would think so i would think so because i think uh, uh, so one thing that Actually, this brings me to an interesting sort of discussion I had with um, uh, one of the sports uh, sports analytics startup guy from Austin. So he said that Vishal, uh, I want to build a predictable model to predict the score on, on, on in a game, right? And and sort of he had this fancy model. And I said, why don't you do one thing? You just go to a bar on a sports evening, and give these guys kind kind of a like a a, a winning ticket or something so say maybe i'll give you hundred dollars if you participate like one of one of one of you will get hundred dollars based on and let these guys uh, predict the game outcome as they're seeing it with just 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 one one tap click away right so if you let bunch of these guys in a bar because you have intuition too right many like we have a lot of um, intuitive capabilities that are th- that that is working during that time when we are looking at a game we know which player means what we know what's their capacity how is their season going if if we are a reasonable um sort of uh, fan of, of any particular sport right so from that perspective and and actually he found some some accurate results out of, out of that conversations like you can predict with some certainty so i'm, I'm hoping with the same case that um with noah and, and 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 sort of this survey probably could hit around i think very close to the reality and actually interestingly um that reminds me uh weather balloon so uh this weekend was fa- fabulous for us so like we um my daughter and four and three of her friends they launched a weather balloon to space what this That's is so cool. this is pretty slick like, i I when I was kid I can only I, I couldn't even dream that big I think it's it's like right. these, ki- these kids are fancy I think it's so much fun so <laughs> so we we like uh, it was and then they were they were they were monitoring the weather sort of the wind patterns and <clears throat> they picked a location we went there and she's like 5 mm-hmm. it's almost getting 6 so it's 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 funny so it That's the, awesome. the, the the project is successful so I think hopefully we will be uh, I'm I'm in charge of the video, so hopefully I'll I'll, I'll be able to produce some <laughs> videos eventually. But yeah, I think that that's reminds me of the weather balloon. Uh, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> it, it it was fun. So yes, uh, <clears throat> I think to what I was saying, I was impressed that Tau actually picked stats uh, course, stats yeah. book, stats it's it's data, um, it's statistic like it's it's a, it's an algorithm uh, tip. And and a statistical sort of Q and A. I think it's so. It's uh, primarily this is more sort of inclined towards. So it's not. I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's, like it's more towards. Right? Yeah. So we we'll, we we'll, so I think so that so the, the plan is
1: like complement each other. The way that they're you know like the way Tao has picked these things, the topics
0: that can be well, yeah, I think it's It's a beautiful continuity at least on the web front. And I think um, so for our audience so we are not supposed to touch tau for 6 months cuz i think what we, so we are monitoring all the data and i think just right. to let you know that uh, whatever we are getting um, we just we just keep getting that and i think in 6 months we'll have some sort of we're hoping that we get enough instances of yes that 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 we can we can predict what's going on so that'll be interesting yeah now let's get to our right side of the newsletter uh video of the week so yeah, this was such a great video. Have you watched, we watched this?
1: Yes. So, um, <coughs> Bina, right? Uh, her last name. I, I think I butcher it a little bit, but could you say it for me?
0: <laughs> yes. It's Bina Amanat.
1: Amanat. Yeah. I think she was such a great example. I mean, she's, uh, so powerful and driven and yet she's so clear and she's able to communicate so well. Um, such complex things and I think that um, this was such a great video any you know any woman in data science you know should definitely uh, look into this or or anyone that's in like computer science or you know any woman in science should watch because I think she has a really great hold of um, history and how she's able to take through the you know what has been done in the past and the improvements that have been made and Continue to see forward into a very, um, you know, positive future that can right. be a mesh between the you know technology and how we work and relate to work and those changes that were in work. So um, I really appreciate her scope of, of vision and how she's applied such uh, such wonderful skills and her you know her example is just really great. So I recommend you know shout out to Vina. And I recommend that, you know, anybody, any woman in science, and, you know, of course, there's so many gems that can be learned mm. from this. No, I think it was so great.
0: Yes, I think I'm, I, I, I agree <laughs> with you. I think she is fabulous. She is an inspirational, she is an inspiration to many, um, women, um, who can code. And I think she's also involved with in a lot of, a lot of nonprofit initiatives to promote sort of awareness on STEM, awareness on, on coding, awareness on and i think very vocal very clear as i think you rightly pointed very clear in the thinking and it was it was a delight uh chatting with her about industrial uh, uh analytics right so what uh-huh. would industrial manufacturing companies because to us <coughs> so uh g has pledged this that they want to be a software company it's such a, such a magnificent um, vision that g want uh-huh. to pursue and I think it's 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 great to see uh, people like Bina uh, who are sort of uh, championing that that vision and sort of uh, trying to lead G into that conversation. So I think that's that's fabulous. And again, uh, uh, as as Maria you rightly pointed out uh, to our audience, um, go check 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 this uh, podcast out. Uh, very interesting conversation, and um, very yeah. I love comment. how
1: she uh, talked about how vast you know data science was and how they're. There's problems that exist yet that we still don't have solutions to, you know, and we definitely need more people that can um, have a scientific method and approach to (laughs) dealing with these problems. And she brought up, you know, open source and citizen science and how the Mm. tools that are being developed, you don't have to be, you know, a PhD scientist to attack some of these questions and these issues. You know, there's lots of software tools that are, that are going to be available or that are available for, um, for folks to get involved as well. So I, I really, it was a really great podcast and I was really glad to, uh, listen to it, watch it.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yes. <And> <laughs> Good. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> let's talk about the quote of the week. Um, it's easy to lie with statistics uh, and it's hard to tell the truth without, without one by Andrews Dunkels. So what do you think? Yeah that's just what i think that's true <laughs> it's I just
1: know. one of those things <laughs> it's one of those
0: things i think that's this is too many times i think it, it may be the punditry uh it's actually it's teasing the punditry world that we are seeing nowadays it just you just throw a number and then yell whatever after that you tend to believe um what's going on i think that's uh and and yeah
1: and um I, it's also very relevant also with, you know, all of the news and the amount of data, you know, that's everywhere in the media and so forth and just how much false information there is and how do we figure out what is true information and, you know, like all of this is important in figuring out those things. And and uh, so I've been looking at like local collaborations for more, uh, you know, accurate news or different kinds of news stories because there's a repetition. Um, that is in mainstream media, you know, so um, I'm finding that, you know, those that are in this community and in the data community, they also see the advantage and the importance of having that kind of news source and collaborative uh, ways of pulling together uh, pictures or articles or just what happened or video and um, sharing that content to the community or to uh, different communities and so um, I'm really glad that we have the members of the Analytics Club and the volunteers that you know help out with that because it does help us get more accurate information. And um, there, there are so many great ideas and individuals and folks in there that have come up with some stuff, you know, apps and so forth, things, things like that, to to also um, help with sharing the information. And so that will help us get to some more of the truths of statistics that that. Can be offered to us. <laughs> no, I
0: think yes. I think that's yes. that's 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 a great initiative, Maria. I think thank thank yeah, you for that. I was actually that.
1: looking at um, an app called EveryBit because it was allowing several folks to streamline all of their content together into a one data story from several places and from several people. It's right really not only available for iPhone, but um, I definitely see these kinds of tools that, you know, folks are getting interested in finding ways to be active in um, their, you know, in their cities and their communities and um, with the current events and things that are going on and finding ways that they can contribute with these kinds of technologies. So it's really great to be connected.
0: I think interesting, and uh, and I think when I was reading this quote, um, it was actually scaring the budgets out of me i think what what pretty much i was i was i was looking at is and which is pretty pretty much true and i think you are you are hitting some of the core notes here that um if the stats with the fake news probably is a relevant news nowadays i think that's 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 the problem right so and and uh, i was talking to actually one of the business executives uh, uh, probably a couple of months back and i think the conversation was pretty much in in the area of hey looking at the political scenes if, um, if the businesses see the same colossal failure, right? So it would be unimaginable what will happen to a business. If, if the prediction is not, is totally polar from what the reality is and <clears throat> pretty much, uh, the conversation actually went into the journalism, uh, school, like the, the typical journalism. So in a, in a typical world, you need to have two reliable sources to be calling it a fact, right? so i think one thing that that i was i was discussing with this gentleman was that what if um you have the same sort of the moment is something comes to you that panics you or you think that you need to just don't believe anything that you don't see from two reliable sources and 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 i think keep disqualifying a source if it fails for you once so at least you know so (coughs) so there is (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me. So, uh, like, there's there are a lot of ways. The at least the press uses this way uh, to to quantify and qualify uh, a lead in a news in a relevant way. So this is this is like again very critical point, scary point, And I hope you we don't have to as a business, we don't have to got to see the 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 darker side of this quote uh, hitting us because mm-hmm. that's like that's, that's going to be problematic.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah that's why uh, that's why it's so relevant like some of the things that Powell has pulled up for us to mm-hmm. talk about with the statistics and then the intuition and the ba- basis of the foundation because um, I guess it, these little tiny things that might be considered little or small in the course of a process to accomplish the goal end up being something that You know, incrementally was so much of a big, uh, you know, causes so much of a big chasm in like reality versus, uh, you know, what your plan is. So these foundational things, I think that, you know, we're inundated with certain um, things every day because you're in your certain, in your bubble environment. And so you're hearing about the same things or your industry every day. And, um, some of these foundational basic points, I mean, you just cannot get enough of because they affect
0: the micro and the macro. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's very true. So very deep quote. And I think, um, it hits almost yeah. like, uh, the very core fundamentals of good data and, and good models. Um, like, um, at least the good so- the source of data. So oh, yeah.
1: And speaking of like that standards and models and so forth, like um,
0: we did have
1: open data barometer that just launched this week. And it kind of, it goes uh, through the 115 different um, uh, those that have open data and ranking them. So um, that, you know, that's something that you were talking about measuring and standards. And as more of the technology comes out and is available, we're going to need those kinds of standards and so forth and it's and it's been a while and open data needs that and and so um we're glad that 115 governments have trying to get together and rank uh, they have some measurement for them now nice. ranking through the open data barometer
0: nice no, i <laughs> so, think that's, that's pretty yeah. cool that sounds pretty cool actually
1: yeah uh, they, it, it ranks them by their initiatives
0: so interesting i think it's pretty it's, yeah. it's, it's it's very cool so now, uh, let's podcast of the week. So this is using analytics to build a big data workforce. Uh, I think it's uh, it's from talent analytics CEO, uh, Trader Roberts, very inspirational, mm-hmm. uh, great personality, great speaker, company doing some cutting-edge stuff, and actually she she's, she's uh, shed some light on what would you need uh, if you need to build a big data workforce i think this is mm-hmm. again one of the one of the one of the very less discussed topic uh, that that we don't talk about that often is um, and almost like in, in 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 my consulting experience most of the businesses actually uh, panics on how they can recruit a good like what 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 is really a good team what is the definition of mm-hmm. a good team what constitutes like what are the candidates that my team has so this actually uh, this uh, is a good talk that talks about uh, how they can use uh, analytics to build a big data workforce. uh, And that's actually pretty cool. What what are your thoughts, Maria?
1: Yeah. uh, The chemistry of a team and the combination of a team is such a sensitive, uh, you know, recipe (laughs) for lack of a better word, I guess. (laughs) And so some of these things, you know, being at the fast pace that we're at and um, having to, you know, really s- keep in step with these changes, um, it's really, imp- I think that it's really important to, again, go back to the beginning and the foundations and figuring out, like, what do you need to think through that whole process and and, and trying to get those resources very early. And, um, you know, the, the folks that you have in your team, not just the skill sets of, you know, these are their hard skill sets, but their character and their connections and the way that they approach their work, I mean, these are all important factors that really help make that chemistry and that recipe, you know, work smoothly enough so that we can keep in pace with, you know, some of these changes. So I think this was such a great,
0: this was such a great one. If you're yes. thinking about
1: things, you know, which I a lot do. of...
0: So um, now the, to the next one. Fact of the week: uh, Within five years, there will be 50 billion smart connected devices in the world, and all developed to collect, analyze, and share data. That is fucking yeah. scary. That's like uh, drinking from a fire hose. I, I, I like. I wonder what would be the future of data scientists would be in when they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, it's it's i think i was i i had a I, talking about i think bina so in in, in our conversation during that call um in that podcast uh, i asked her that what will happen if um, imagine a sensor now going from say u.s to europe and then sensor has no respect for trade trade laws right so if yeah. uh, i'm sharing the data in u.s and i and landed up in in europe and my my gadget is not doesn't know how to comply with the local laws right because it's a sensor self negotiating with the, with their nodes and sharing data yeah so there are a lot of uncovered territories that will sort of again make this make at least the trade part or sort of the 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 governance part nightmare when these sensors come into market and if I'm yeah. wearing a watch and i watch and i i i fly from one country through to the other, how would you tell my iWatch not to share data and and at least comply with those local laws? Yeah. So I'm I'm relying I'm hoping that Apple or or the one of the vendors or manufacturers they take care of that situation. But these are like the like how can you keep track of these laws, and and if you don't have business in those countries, uh, if at all. So I think it's it's a very murky line. I think that that's um, it's it's scary fact by the way. So yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that's why I was just like so um, cannot get away from thinking about how important it is that more people are, you know, learning and trying to get close to the science as they can because there's so many things that as the new emerging technology comes, these new problems also come, you know, and we have to be able to uh, solve them at the same at a pace that can keep us up with. You know that technology, and so we need more folks to be able to think. You know, and so um, yeah, (laughs) and so some of these, uh, like you said, some of these facts and so forth uh, can be a little scary. But um, that's the uh, the part of the brain that we have to try to keep uh, regulated so that we can think, right? Because if we go off into panic mode, then we definitely have no chance. (laughs) Oh,
0: I know, I know, I know. know, I agree with you. And I think um, if you're a data science, data scientist, citizen data scientist, this is, this is time to be scared about the future. I think that's, so in a way the what's scary for business, maybe one of the, yeah. this is one of the best thing that ever, has ever happened for you as an analyst or a business or data scientist, because it's, I think it's almost like these are the avengers of the future because they will sort of save, save the world from this data deluge and, help business or, or or the world figure out insights out of this 50 billion smartphones or smart devices talking to each other. So I think it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, with these numbers, right, even if everybody did discover something, we still have more stuff that we still need to, you know, discover and know. So I mean, there's no, there's no, you know, we still, everyone has a, an importance that they can figure out something. There's no lack of problems in saying we have lots of problems that we can solve.
0: So... That, that's true. <laughs> I think that's why uh, kudos to the next generation uh, engineers and data scientists. I think they will have one of the world's yeah. biggest challenges to, to... And I think one of the things that I'm hopeful hopeful about, I think, and this is, this is one of my previous startup um, around sort of... Uh, um, so we were designing a, a model to sort of crowdsource or crowd process using these devices. So like we have Python, mm-hmm. right? Python has such a small footprint. If I use say Python, and if I load my model and, and, and run it on all the these devices to process for me, imagine now 50 billion devices processing for someone, this is like world's most sophisticated computer ever. Right. This is like uh-huh. so. Uh, will I, I like i can't even imagine what it can deliver to us i think i'm so excited for the future i'm hoping that um we'll yeah. see a bunch of those things
1: yeah and then like with your daughter you know starting at five years old and young you know starting young that by the time they're in school they're already coding you know they're already oh, it's, it's, familiar you know they're immersed they've got like ideas that they've been thinking about i how couldn't,
0: I couldn't about have you. imagined uh, how much powerful these these kids are now because of all these channels, right? So yeah. he, she said, Papa, so it's funny, like I was, I was showing her this, uh, this GoPro video of a balloon launch. And she said, "Papa, I, I want to do this. And she's a five year old, I said, sure, honey, maybe in the next 17 years, you will do that. And I just this <laughs> this idea. And then she discussed with the friends and, and what and whatnot. But then she started watching this YouTube videos and after YouTube videos and after YouTube videos on how the balloon is launched. This is like, like even before I engaged with her that, yeah. do, let's do this. She already knew what weather balloon is. She already knew how tracker works. She like, these kids are so much powerful on what they can do because yeah. the information is rightly like in, in my time, I have to go to like libraries and pull out these thick books and find a small brief concept to say, okay, now maybe I, maybe, or maybe I cannot do this thing. These, right. these guys just Google and it's like she's five year old. Like I, I cannot fathom like even today it's above my pay grade to launch a weather Ooh. balloon with a, with the camera in space taking pictures. Right. <laughs> so it's like, what the hell? So yeah, I, I think life yeah, so would be a lot more fun she with gets these guys.
1: So curious and then by the time she's older, like the kind of complex questions she'll be thinking about, you know, she'll have that hunger and drive to answer them and, you know, have that kind of concentration to be able to figure out what, um, how to get closer to the answer. So it's just, I see the next generations as, as being much more savvy and, and having more, um, you know, scientists. Uh, I, uh, think about back when maybe, uh, my grandfather's generation where they would say like, we want to be an astronaut. And then it was like, Change to now as rock stars, you know, <laughs> but I think, this, the, the, you know, the data science rock stars are going to, you know, become like that, that kind of um, what I want to be when I grow up, because you can do anything from there. And you can, um, you can investigate any area of interest. Right. So, I, so I, I think... I'm so excited to see what they come up with, because they're already starting so young. And there's some, you know, kids that they have their own YouTube channels and they're coding and they're teaching and well, it's, they're it's, you know, still
0: in I high school. I, so you're right. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm I hope that uh, it's good to see that these guys would be, would be in, at least technology would be a, a, a great part of, of the, their upbringing, like um, um, unlike us. Uh, but, but I think this is, this is fascinating. So beautiful. So that brings us to the, to the close of the, of the newsletter. And yeah. again, thanks to amazing stuff. And um, now some of some, actually, again, shameless plug. So if you don't want to hear, (laughs) this is the right time to just close it right now and not listen to what we are selling. If we are selling anything, this is the right time. Just boot it off. Um, Otherwise, uh, see you in the next week. So um, interesting program. So analytics, um, so uh, Tau. So we have a staffing group in Tau called XTau, x.tau.ai. And we are working with top Fortune 100 companies, and some of the interesting leaders in data science, provide them with the top talent in the industry. And um, everything that we deliver is tagged with an AI. So the idea that um, we understand what kind of talent you need, what kind of talent you are seeking, will be able to sort of go very targeted uh, in your future demand, the more, more sort of businesses engage. So Never Analyze Alone is one such program. So we'll work with interesting businesses. We have already um, uh, engaged with few businesses. So thank you so much for reaching re- reaching out to us. Uh, if you've already, if you have not, love to love to connect with you and talk about this program. Host office club is another um, sort of uh, campaign in which we would promote a dialogue within your community. So if you are in office, you are building a data science community team. Host internal talks so that you can spread the voice about data science within your group and if you are looking for any ways do let us know we would love to help in any capacity to get the the community going within within your company so you can learn and sort of do this fun stuff and then um, x by tau uh, again if you're looking for a job and and um, uh, you want to work with our staffing group to work with Fortune 100 companies do let us know um, and love to chat with you and see how we can help with that thank you so much everyone um for tuning in and giving us your almost 52 minutes or 53 minutes uh we had a ball and maria again it's always lovely chatting with you
1: yeah thanks and, Michelle, for all of your work and um you know making great news about technology and data I science i know
0: i think it's so much fun I like and that. Uh, yeah uh, so let's 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 uh, catch up next to next week uh, about what Tao has to say i think it's so much fun so thank you everyone Stay thank you data driven bye bye
1: bye I thought I was sick of home but actually I was homesick never really knew that I would
0: have to grow so quick I'm so uncomfortable don't know anybody here just a couple dudes that i met once that's it then I go into the booth feeling nervous got butterflies in my stomach like I'm so worthless. Is the mic going don't know how to work this inside I'm breaking
1: down I hope I'm not up on a certain